Welcome to Conversations with Buddy on this Friday morning, coming to you live from the Rec Podcast Studio here in Kaiser, Oregon, where we hear the stories of average people like you and I who impact us for a bigger purpose. Today's guest, he's a longtime friend and he's a past coworker of mine from years ago. His name is Jason Leon. So, Jason, welcome. Thanks for having me, buddy. Really excited to be here. Dude, it's, it's honestly great. It's awesome to have it's you. It's cool man. what I'm you're excited. doing, man. I'm yeah. really digging this. This is a cool yeah. setup. You yeah. guys are going to go yeah. somewhere with this. Well, let me just give you a little bit of feedback on Jason, kind of so you know who he is. But so, Jason, uh, he's going to be soon a husband. He's going to be soon at the end of this month, August uh, roughly 28th. Uh, a new father. So congrats, by the way, on that. Thanks, man. We're super excited. That's awesome. Uh, he's a business owner. We'll, we'll dive into that a little bit. Uh, he's also a veteran, which I'm really passionate about. Our veterans that protect our country do have a lot of respect for that. A tremendous respect. And what I just learned about you is that your mom had to co-sign for you at the age of 17 to let you into the army that was correct yeah right? yeah okay. yep. i was in high school uh watching uh the twin towers fall september 11th and uh, actually in history class and they shut the class down they said history is in the making right now they turned on the tv i went home and i said mom i'm joining now with your sign signature or in three months when i'm tw- uh, 18 without it <laughs> <Poor Wow. mom. laughs> so he continued there for six years um yeah i have a high regard for all of our military people who protect our country we're going to talk about an acronym called James. That'll come later in the podcast. Uh, I've heard about it, but I'm going to hear more about it today. Jason, is there anything else that maybe I missed? No, man. We would want to know. I mean, I think I can fill you in during the process, but I'm just excited to be here and share some share some love and some ideas with people. Awesome, dude. I love the, the love that you want to share. All right. Well, this tells a little bit about Jason, but welcome, Jason. Love to have you here. Uh, question number one, we want to just kind of know who you are. You know, where'd you grow up? Maybe talk about mom and dad. And how did that impact you on who you are today? Mm-hmm. Good question. So I grew up in Salem, Oregon. I've uh, been a longtime Oregonian. And relationship with mom and dad has been uh, challenging at times, for sure. When I was younger, I'm sure everybody can relate to yep. that at some level. Uh, dad is a good dude, does the right thing. Um and mom, you know, kind of has her, you know, wild side to her, but also she's a great mom. Uh, and I think the the big thing that's really impacted me and my relationship with my parents is understanding how to have grace on both sides, um, because nobody's perfect. And I think as a as a young man growing up, I wanted my dad to be perfect, and I wanted my mom to be perfect, uh-huh, <laughs> you uh-huh, know, because uh-huh. I wanted to I wanted to have that example. And I saw other people with parents that looked perfect, even though later on in life you find out that's not the case. It's not true. Yep, exactly. So I think a big the big thing that really impacted me with my parents and that relationship is just understanding the power of grace and forgiveness and and humility in that process. Those are really big words, my friend. Thanks, man. <laughs> Try to use the big stuff. Last time you and I met for uh, for a little meeting, probably two weeks ago, you also used the word honor, really honoring your mom and dad mm-hmm, too. So yeah. I heard grace, forgiveness, mm-hmm. uh, although you want them to be perfect. Our parents aren't perfect, right. trust me. We all know that. Yep. I'm a parent, I'm not perfect, but uh, honor, what does honor mean to you? Honor is uh, putting weight into somebody or something to me. So if I honor somebody, it means I'm going to give weight to what they say. It's going to matter to me what they do, how, what I do for them is being very important. Hmm. You know, in the same way I would want to honor my parents, I'd want to honor God. So I'd put a lot of weight into that Wow. weight into him or, or whatever that thing is that I'm trying to honor. So. Yeah. So let's talk about this real quick. So you, you're a business owner, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Also, you're a coach, yep, which I love. Yep. Yep. Uh, 
talk to me a little bit about your business. And by the way, thank you for the coffee cup. Yeah, you gave no me today. problem, man. So the coffee cup is uh, Rise Realty, and the quote or the the word of the day is "Today is your day to rise." So. Tell me about Rise Realty. What yeah, is that? so so Rise Realty actually was a god thing uh, because I had been in real estate for about three years. Now I was working on another team. Yeah, and I was really gotten to that point in the business where I just knew I could do it on my own, and I wasn't getting a lot of support and help from the team. And so I'd been praying about it for like six months, and I was afraid though, right? Because we're all afraid to go yeah. after the big ideas. I heard a great quote the other day that said, "The greatest things in life are on the other side of your fears." Those are great words, right? Man. And so I was afraid, and luckily God pushed me out by having me get fired. I got fired. Sometimes getting fired helps. To me, <laughs> which to me was surprising because I was producing more than anybody else on the team. I think there might have been another reason there for that, uh, but it was a, it was it instantly. Uh, I was very afraid. But I was, I just said, all right, God, I'm giving this business to you. Um, this is obviously the direction you're taking me because I don't have a choice in the matter. Uh, you know, one of the things I've learned as I've gotten older is don't, res don't try to fight nature. Don't fight <laughs> God. Don't fight the reality, right? You've got to just accept it. Yeah. It is Ooh. what it is, man. If you're going to try to fight it, it's going to slow you down and hurt you and maybe kill you. And so you've got to just be adaptable and flexible and understand that if something happens, it's probably for a reason. Yeah. And so we started that company a few. In fact, I took all the money I had saved up for taxes. I think it was like 25 grand or something like that. Every penny I had in the bank. And I used that to start the business. So I had no money to pay taxes, <laughs> <laughs> which, as you know, being a business owner is kind of a big deal. It can be a problem. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. So we launched in and then we didn't make a single sale for like three months. And it was terrifying because all my money was into this business. We're not making any sales. I got this new brand. It's not working. But I just kept giving it to God and I kept trusting and I kept doing the things I knew that worked, right? What mm -hmm. works? Okay, do the things that work. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just keep doing what you already know works. And pretty soon we were prospering beyond what we really thought was imaginable. Do the work. That's what I heard you say. You also said acceptance. You know, life happens mm -hmm. and you can fight it. Or you can embrace it. Mm -hmm. and it happens to all of us. And a lot of us become, I've been a victim before. Have you ever been a victim? Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you felt that way. But what I hear you say is that you embraced it, you accepted it, and you went back to work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. And how are you doing today? And we're doing really good, man. We just okay. bought a, a beautiful house. I mean, truly amazing with a barn. I mean, it's huge. Two, yeah. two lots, multiple acres. I bought a brand new trailer last night for my business for junk removal for my clients. And yeah, it's, it's going good. God's really been blessing us. That's a big thing that actually just to kind of derail us for a quick second that I think is something important that I've learned in the last couple of years. I was reading in the book of Genesis, uh, and I know maybe some people listening to this might be Christians, but uh, the idea I think is still some, the same. Uh, and I was reading and it was talking about in the beginning, God's first command to man, which was, you know, we know it today in the translation was to be fruitful and multiply. Right. But I looked back up at the original etymology of that word and I found that actually what that word originally meant was to prosper. It meant the first thing God said to mankind was he wanted life to go well for us. And I just took that and I ran with it. Well, you believed. It yeah. sounds like, yeah, you, yeah. you trusted the and word. And it makes and sense, you, right? Believe. You're talking about being a father. Well, do you want life to go well for your kids? I absolutely do. Exactly. I, right? I never want them pain. <laughs> yeah. I don't want it. I want life to be hell for you, man. <laughs> I, I, I will say, though, one thing with my, I have two daughters, but the, the funny thing I tell them is I love pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I love pain. You know why? Pain can be the path to prosperity sometimes. Pain though, right? is a great teacher. It is a great teacher. Success is not always a great teacher. No, no. Pain always Absolutely. is. Absolutely. I 100% agree But I that. love my daughters as like, you're going to love your little girl that mm-hmm. you'll have here shortly. Yep. You want the best for her, but you're also going to allow her and understand that life happens. Yep. Uh, there will be tough times. Absolutely. So embracing that and accepting that. So, dude, I love that. It's incredible. All right. Let's talk about... Anything you want to talk about uh, military, being a, a veteran, protecting our country, what that mean to you, and where where's that led you to today? Yeah, so I joined up for the wrong reasons. I was 17, full of testosterone, ready to kick <laughs> some butt, you know, yeah. as, as uh, I'm sure a lot of us can relate to. Yeah. And uh, so I, I went in for the wrong reasons. I went in because I thought I was a badass and I was going to kick some butt <laughs> and I was going to take some names, right? And I thought this was my opportunity to, like, prove myself, too. Yeah. And so that was my reasoning for going in, which ended up being a very bad reasoning because then when I was, you know, we went, I was in basic training when we invaded Iraq. Iraq. And I remember they woke us up. It was like 3 a.m. in the morning. We're in our bunks, you know, and they took us down to the mess hall and they had the projectors back then. They threw the projector up on the screen and, you know, and it saw you saw the cruise missiles going wow. in and the ships pulling in, the Marines jumping out. And they're like, guess where you boys are going? You know, <laughs> so it was kind of like, OK, well, this is going to happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I think overall, the experience was one of the best experiences that happened to me. You talk about pain, yeah. right? Uh, there was a lot of pain in that journey and different types of it, right? Emotional, physical, spiritual at times, mental, yeah. et cetera. But the thing it taught me is that, you know, you've got to keep your eyes on the prize in, <laughs> in, in the midst of the pain. Yeah. Right. So you're yeah. going through pain. What do you look at the pain? No, you look at the prize. Yeah. What am I working towards? Who am I trying to help? What am I trying to do? What's what's my path? Right. Yeah. And that's a big key to how I was able to make it through that and do well through it and after it. Wow. It's incredible. I've heard that, you know, PTSD is, mm-hmm. a, is a real deal. Real but deal. I've, but I've also heard what's worse than that is the, the, the feeling you have when you're heading into war mm. and you're going to Iraq mm. and you're going to... It's a weird feeling, that's man. A, I've never felt that before. <laughs> I've never been in the military, but wow. Yeah, it's a strange feeling. I, I would say it, it's kind of like feeling like you're going to the moon. You're like, you're like, this is a place that no one else goes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? you know? And it's strange and totally unfamiliar. You have no, it's the total unknown and it's scary. You know, I'd imagine it'd be scary to be the first guy that jumped out on the moon. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And so that would be the best metaphor. Maybe that's a little bit more advanced, you know, than going to Baghdad. But to me, it was similar. It's one and the same to me. <laughs> so for sure, man. So you're a business owner, veteran. You and I met and we talked about just the light how life has been going when you got uh out of the military there were some times in your life where you felt depressed mm-hmm. or yep walk us through that and then what's yeah. the acronym that you came up with sure. that kind of help you through that because that's what i want to hear yeah i know there's something here i need to learn mm-hmm. me um, too <laughs> but yeah go for it yeah. cool yeah so a little of the background to james james is an acronym i built about two years ago actually in the beginning of covid so when COVID happened, uh, I, I think it brought a lot of us face to face with things maybe we'd been running for for a while from. Yeah. And for me, that was post traumatic stress at some level. Um, you know, when I was overseas, we saw a lot of things that were really, really rough to see. I'm talking school buses blown up that you're walking over the pieces, right, and smelling the pieces, and that's a a smell and a sight that you don't easily get out of your head. 
Um, and when I was coming home from, I was over there for 18 months uh, altogether. And when I was coming home, uh, I was in Kuwait doing a demob, which is a demobilization, where you get yeah. you get the guys ready to go back into regular society, right? You've been for a year and a half carrying your gun everywhere you want to carry it, right. shooting whatever you want to shoot, right? Doing whatever you want to do. You're basically like the god, the king of the country, right? Yeah. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Now you don't want to take that and you abuse it. Uh, but you feel like that, right? And then you come home, and life's not like that, right? This life is very simple. Civilian it's very life easy. is a little bit different. It's very different, being, right? Yeah. And so there's this huge transition phase, so they try to prepare you for that. Well, when I arrived for my demob, like two days into it, and it's supposed to be like a 30-day process, but two days into it, I found out that my little, uh, my second cousin had been murdered, and he was only six years old at the time, I think five or six. And he was, I was very close with this kid. Like, I only had two pictures while I was in Iraq, and one of them was me holding him at Christmas. So I was very close with him. He's really important to the family. Uh, and I was really important in his life, so my family wanted me home because they wanted to do a funeral for this kid that had just been murdered, right? Uh, which is a terrible story, and I don't need to get into the tragedy of that because it takes away from the point we're trying to make here uh so they put me to the front of the line i went through a, a one-month demob in like four days wow right and i knew all the right answers right you know i we can all relate to that a totally, little bit hey yeah. i know the answers i don't need to do the real thing here yeah, right yeah. so i just told them what i what they wanted to hear exactly so i could get out of there right so i flew home arrived actually on my birthday uh, back home from overseas kuwait direct flight to portland drove down to salem and on that same day i carried the casket for my nephew in his mm. funeral and it was uh and at that point, I did not realize how much the war experience had affected me. I had no clue, right? To me, I was fine. I was totally fine. Other people looked at me a little funny. Hey, how are you doing? You okay? Oh, yeah, man, I'm good. Totally good. Right? Just tough it out. Kind of like what you're saying, right? Embrace the pain, right? <laughs> and so I didn't deal with that. Uh, and what happened was the next 15 years of my life was me trying to fill that void, Right, whether it was with alcohol or women or f adventure or fun or uh, a big one for me was adrenaline, right? Because I was used to being able to jump out of a Black Hawk helicopter. We flew around in Black Hawks. That's what we did in the in the military. Jump out of a Black Hawk helicopter and run toward a battle, seeing helicopters shooting rockets at a building, and you're running there with your sixty pound backpack and one hundred and ten degrees with all your guys listening to gunfight. Like that's the most uh, adrenaline you're going to experience, right? And so when I came back. There was nothing like that. So I was seeking it out and creating it, right? Like yep. whether that's cliff diving off a 90-foot bridge or, you know, drinking too much and driving up to Portland for a concert, whatever it was right. that I needed to do to fill that void. And when COVID hit and everything shut down, uh, that whole, the reality of the pain that I had been running for from kind of set in. And I got really depressed, man. I mean, to the point where a few times I was actually suicidal. Uh, I didn't actually move in that direction seriously but in my mind it was a reality and i think the truth is if we're all honest all of us have struggled with that at one point yep in some form right yep. some of us may be a little more extreme maybe some people went a little bit further in that but but all of us have dealt with this idea of is life worth living life can be tough right i totally hear you loud and clear yeah and so i realized i'm like okay i've just spent the last 15 years of my life since i got out of the military um, trying to fill this pain and nothing has worked. Uh, 
and I'm at the point now it's COVID everything shut down uh, you know I'm, I'm facing this stuff facing my monster face to face and I got to do something about it so I had two options he was I was either going to take some drugs which I think which no judgment to anybody that does that and that was one of my options uh, but I set that option on the back burner. In fact, I actually talked to my mom. I was like, I think I need antidepressants, mom. You know, mm-hmm. like I, I mm-hmm. got to get through this. I yeah. can't keep doing the same thing I've been doing the next 15 years. For the next 15, it'll kill me. It will kill right? you. And so I, but, and she was like, yeah, you should just get some antidepressants, get something to help you. Uh, and so I thought about that, but I thought, you know what? Before I try that, I'm going to try to see if I can do it naturally. Uh, and so I started doing a bunch of research, Google and YouTube. Amazing, right? I mean, how many of us can fix the most difficult thing in your house from YouTube right now? All day long, <laughs> I mean, you can, you can, you can diagnose and fix anything from YouTube and Google. So I just started using YouTube, Google, and I started researching, okay, what's going on when I'm depressed? Why is that happening? And I started realizing, okay, there's these neurochemicals in our brain, dopamine, which a lot of us have heard of, endorphins, you know, all the runners know about that one, oxytocin, all the counselors and therapists know about that one, and serotonin, and all the scientists know about that one, right? But very few of us knew about, know about all four of them. And so I realized, okay, there's these four neurochemicals that my body either does produce or doesn't produce in sufficient amounts, and that's the key to feeling good. And I didn't, you know, it's amazing to me. I had one of my really good buddies, actually, it's such a sad story about seven years, a kid that I've known since he was like two years old, uh, kill himself, hmm. you know, about five years ago. And it was a real awakening for me. And I, and in that moment that I'm doing this research, I realized, man, if I just had a shot of dopamine, endorphins, serotonin, and oxytocin, I could have shot it in my friend's arm the day before he wouldn't have done it Yeah, more than likely. Right. Maybe that's not the case for everybody, but it's there's science science behind that. And I'm not a scientist, so nothing I say should be taken (laughs) like that. Right. Do your own research. (laughs) But I realized, okay, there's these four neurochemicals. I call them dose. So happiness up your dose, D-O-S-E, which is dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin and endorphins. So I started looking, okay, how can I increase these naturally? Uh, and I and I developed. That's how I developed James. So James is basically five daily habits that dramatically increase your dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, right? And as a veteran, veterans are especially prone to this, right? Because you go overseas, you're in this group of these buddies, right? Tight-knit group, like closer than family. It's a weird thing. It's You don't love them maybe as much as your family, but you're closer with them. Absolutely. And it's weird. It's strange, you know, to, to think that that's even possible, but it really is because you live 24-7. You're in, they call it in, in the counseling world, uh, the the trauma bond right you go through trauma with somebody you get a deep bond right that's why you know yeah the trauma bond right but what that is is oxytocin it's just high levels of oxytocin i can count on you you can count on me you'll carry me out of here if i get shot i'll carry you out of here if you get shot it's that that deep trust that oxytocin you know when women give birth to a baby their oxytocin levels are off the charts wow it's the number it's the highest form of oxytocin in regular life that we know of is is giving birth and women can relate to that right and then you've got endorphins right which you're a working out guy you've done you know wrestling and different sports and stuff you know what it's like when you're in that flow and all of a sudden you're like man i feel awesome 
Absolutely. Right? That's endorphins. That's all it is. Your body produced some of those. Uh, and, you know, it, it, as a military guy, as a veteran, you have really high levels of those because you're going into gunfights, right? You talk about high levels of endorphins, you know, a wrestling match versus a gunfight when bullets are flying, right? It's off the charts. And so, and, and I could go through all four of those. They're all the same. Every single one of those, when you're in war, those are all off the charts. Yeah. But when you come back to regular life, they're way down because your brain is, you know, it's trying to make up for that. And so it's, it brings you down again. So you have a void right now. You have a void of all the things you've been used to for the last 18 months. Yep. Yep. And I think it happens to all of us, right? It just in different ways, right? Guy loses his job that really was important to him and he was getting those neurochemicals from the job and it's gone. Uh, You know, the, the wife gives birth, right? And she's producing all these chemicals and now all those chemicals are gone. Right, because now she's in the the raising of the baby phase, and her body's not producing the same chemicals. Right? They, what do they call that? Postpartum. Uh, post, postpartum. Right. Yeah. Same thing. They're I all. I never thought about that. They're all the same. They're just different. Right. Guys and, and women both experience the same. Same thing. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah, I see it in my fiance. I love my fiance Alexandria. Shout out to her. She's amazing. Yeah. But I see it in her. If she doesn't work out for five days, I'm like, oh gosh, I got. Like, I'm gonna go work out. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like my wife to me. Yeah, please go on that workout or yes, go on that exactly. walk or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I developed James from all this research. I spent like probably about a year researching it and applying it into my life. And uh, so I found that there's basically five habits that consistently force your brain to produce these chemicals. Five habits. Five habits. Yep. So you got four neurochemicals. There's others out there, but these are the primary. And then you got five habits that will produce these. And in fact, if you do the more of the five habits you do, the more each of those levels will go up because they work together synergistically, right? So one, I don't, for those of us that maybe not hundred percent understand synergy, how it works is one plus one doesn't equal two in synergy. One plus one equals three or four. Got it. Right, like it, it builds on itself. You you combine certain uh, chemicals together, and it makes much more dense chemicals I've than they would be. Heard that one plus one equals eleven. It's kind of like a husband uh, and wife. There you go. That's a great. So husband and wife. What's interesting about this whole thing That's is a good point. Uh, you have me, you have my wife, or you and your fiance. Imagine together, you have the power of eleven. Right. But most husband and wife, or you know, fiancés, whatever, until. You, Sometimes they work in opposites because they think right. differently. So, so if we can zero. learn how, it, it's probably even a minus something, <laughs> yeah. right? That's but that's most relationships, right? right? Now. No, that's such a good point, man. But I, I heard that a long time ago, and for me, I never thought about that. One plus one is actually eleven if you put them together. So. I'm going to steal that idea. Okay, is that all right? steal away. Okay. <laughs> so, anyways, they work together, and like you just said, one plus one plus one plus one equals one thousand one hundred and eleven. Yeah. Right. So my point to that is the if you're going to do these and try these, and I highly encourage everybody to at least give these things a try because they are truly incredible i've shared it in fact i shared it with my counselor the other day yeah. who's a trained phd psychologist she's like where'd you get this idea i was like ah just made it up <laughs> and she's like you need to write a book like nobody knows about this idea you know especially with vets because a lot of us don't understand what was wrong with us right and when you understand it's so simple it takes away the fear yeah uh, okay, so the five habits. This is how they work. The I'm first, writing them down, man. So James, J, the J in James stands for journaling. And I know that seems maybe like a weird, a girly word word to some people, and maybe to some people it seems like a great word. But the idea behind journaling is uh, processing your emotions on paper. 
Love right. It. Yeah. And I do uh, more of like a life journaling alongside of the scriptures. But I, I encourage people, try any journaling that you believe would work best for you. There's a ton of different types of journaling, right? Yeah. You can journal your emotions. You can journal your prayers. You can journal your devotion. You can journal your life. You can j- journal letters to your kids or your wife or yourself. There's a lot of ways, but there's something about the ha- the eye and the hand connecting with the brain, putting it on paper, seeing that. Interesting. Right. There's something powerful about it. And scientists have proven this. The scientists have proven there's a ton of scientific research out there that shows journaling increases all of those chemicals. Boom. Not a lot of the endorphins, but it increases a lot of the serotonin and a lot of the um, um, oxytocin. Okay. Yeah. And some dopamine as well. But it's primarily the oxytocin and the serotonin developed there. So journaling. Highly encourage you to try it out. Give it give it a month try. That's amazing. And find a way that works for you. Uh, The second one is affirmations. Uh, That word has gotten kind of some weird, you know, gurus taking it too far, in my opinion. But the idea itself is not bad. It's in the Bible. uh, David, right? He's looking in the mirror saying, I will say to my soul, soul, rejoice. Right? He did. Did he feel like rejoicing? Right? No, he didn't. No, he He just said it. He said it. Right? Jesus did it. Right? I, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right? And so... But sometimes we forget who we are, right? We forget. And who are we? Well, I believe we are children of God and that we are basically unlimited in what we can do if we team up with God. And so, but there's a lot there, right? Our identity is so complex. There's so much to identity. Some of it's genetic. Some of it you can create yourself. Some of it you can change. Some of it doesn't change. Like the whole identity package is a big package. But I, what I did is I focused on the key identity identity things that I was struggling with, whether it be confidence, um, taking action, um, taking making healthy choices, whatever it was, doesn't matter. So I would just pick, okay, the, the two areas I'm struggling right now, let's say are taking care of my body and being healthy and my confidence. So what I would do is I would just do a f- affirmations on those two things. I'm confident. I, I am confident. I can be confident, right? And I would just say affirmations around that for a couple minutes every day. And I still do that to this day. I'm a huge believer in it. I do think you got to be kind of careful with affirmations because if you start saying you're God or you're powerful like God or, or taking it too far, it's a dangerous thing, right? Alexander the Great did this. He sat on the thrones in Egypt when he conquered the world and he said, I'm God, right? Which is an affirmation, worship me. And then he died not too long after that because he overdosed on alcohol. So, you know, so it's powerful. If you use affirmation consistently, they're amazingly powerful and they do increase all these neurochemicals, but you also want to be weary just to balance them. Got it. Okay. So, so we got journaling and I look at journaling as like the anchor. Journaling keeps you anchored on what's important, right? Whatever's important to you, journaling is the anchor that keeps you going off stray, off a, the, a, the wrong path, right? Which we're all tempted to do. Yep. Affirmations are the things that help you change your identity in the ways you can change and want to change, right? Because what you believe about yourself is more important than what anybody else believes about you. Man, and as true. kids, as kids, our parents either did good affirmations or bad affirmations on us, right? Hey, honey, you're so smart and you're so beautiful. You tell a kid that for 15 years, what are they going to believe? That. Right. Yeah. Because they're going to see the results in their life and it's going to support that belief. Right. So some of us, but, but affirmations, that's the key to those is they help us reconstruct our identity in ways that we, we're unhealthy or we are on the wrong path. Right. So that's how I look at affirmations. They're like the chisel 
that helps us slowly make ourselves into the person we want to be and God wants us to be more yeah. importantly. Uh, and then the third one is meditation. Uh, meditation is the most difficult of the five for me because it seems like a waste. Right, like I thought, I'm just going to sit and yeah. breathe for 15 minutes. I breathe all day. Yeah. But when I started looking into meditation, I realized that actually your brain is going all the time, except when you meditate or sleep. So meditation really is the one of the more difficult exercises for the brain because you grab it by the the reins and you pull it in and you make the brain do what what it what you want it to do, not what it wants to do. So real quick on the meditation, uh, our natural thing is to fight, flight, or freeze. Exactly. Which we get stuck where meditation removes you from exactly. thinking about that. You're just, you are, you're just being. Exactly. It's kind of like what Psalm 49, 10 says, be still and know that I'm exactly. Lord. Be still. That's, a, uh, that's an action. Being it still is. is like, it's hard it's to hard. do. It's yeah, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So what I did is, since I'm not a good meditator, I just did guided meditations. I found good meditations on YouTube, 10-minute meditations uh, for anxiety or confidence or having energy. Maybe I'm tired that day. I didn't sleep really good. I just And it's amazing to me because what I noticed, the biggest ben out of benefit from meditation that I noticed, other than it increases these neurochemicals, mm -hmm. right? it does. It increases at least two or three of the different types of neurochemicals. But the thing that I really noticed is it it trained me to put a space between what happens to me and how I respond right because when you meditate you're slowing yourself down to force yourself do what you know you should do even though you don't feel like doing it right and we have people like run us off on the road right and we want to just flip them off or say screw you buddy right or or your wife says something to you and you want to respond with a snarky comment right or whatever it is never but, <laughs> I've never done that. but meditation trained me as i did it more and more it trained me to put a space there just say okay what what's going on here i read a book recently uh actually a couple times it's called the ruthless elimination of hurry interesting uh, re uh written by john mark comer and basically, the premise is, is you can't love if you're in a hurry. Mm -hmm. And I think the fight or flight mechanism is got to go, got to go, got to mm -hmm. go. You're yep. running to, to something or away from something. Yep. yep. But when you're slowing down, you're meditating, you're allowing God to come in and, and kind of do the work on your heart that needs to be done. Yeah. So that book for me was, if you're in a hurry, you can't love. Right. Hmm, okay. So that's what I've been working on for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meditation's great, and I would, and once again, just like journaling, I'd encourage people to try this and go for it. Give it a thirty days, thirty day James challenge. Try to get three to five of these in every day for thirty days. Take a couple of days off, no problem. Uh, but uh, the thing about these three, and I'll and I'll dig back into them here in a second. But the thing about doing these on a consistent basis is that they benefit you tomorrow. Got so it. if you go do exercise, sure, you're going to feel a little better today. Uh, and you go do affirmations after this and you journal and you meditate and you do uh, all of them today. You'll feel better, a little better today, but tomorrow you'll feel way better. And you do them again tomorrow. And that's why I gave this speech at Yogi T headquarters down in Eugene not too long ago on happiness. And I said that uh, happiness, uh, you get happiness tomorrow by what you do today. Right? Have you ever made a really bad mistake and then you really regret it the next day? Oh yeah. Right? So it compounds. So don't don't think you're just going to do James today and feel like a million bucks, but if you do it for a couple of days or a week, you will. Cuz it 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 happiness, you prepare for happiness today by what you did yesterday. Yep. 
right? Did you get a good night's sleep? All those things, right? Uh, okay, so meditation, definitely encourage people, even if you can only do five minutes, uh, but definitely give that a try. It's been a game changer for me. And the next one, of course, is exercise. Okay. Uh, so James E would be exercise. And that one, obviously, I think I don't need to hit too much because most of us already know exercise oh, is good for us. So how many days a week do you exercise? Uh, I've been not doing as well lately <laughs> as I used to because yeah. I've been working a lot. But I usually try to get at least four days. Okay. Yeah. So four days. At least four days. Yeah. I try to get at least four. Ideally, I'd like to get five and sometimes I only get three. Okay. But the idea is I keep it going. And even if I, let's say for like last night, for example, I worked a long day yesterday and then I came home and I didn't have the energy to, to exercise. So what I did was I stretched. Perfect. Right. 30 minutes of stretching. That that's similar. In fact, stretching is one of the greatest ways to release oxytocin. Okay, stretching it is. Yep, yep. So stretching is good. But anyways, exercise is huge. We all know that it affects your sleep. It affects what you eat. Right. You work out in the morning. You're going to eat healthier. You're going to sleep better. Exercise is a key one. But there's a ton, there's already a ton hammered into us around that. Sure. That one's more about figuring out how to get out of your own way with it. And people say all the time, I don't have time to exercise, right? Well, that's not true. You just don't choose to have time for it. There you right? go. It's a choice. And so it's fine if you don't want to exercise, but don't tell people you don't have no, no time for it. Tell them I don't want to exercise, which is fine, right. right? But exercise obviously being one of the big keys there. Give us S. What's the last one? S, the last one. So this one actually has two meanings uh, to me. I do it two ways, but when I teach it, I usually teach it as serving someone less fortunate. Serving someone else. It's crazy the amount of research out there that shows that people who serve other people that are less fortunate have higher levels of oxytocin, dopamine, and serotonin. Okay. And they live longer. There's something, you know, so I work with the homeless youth down in Eugene. And if I'm having a hard day, I didn't get any sleep. I feel tired. I'm maybe a little got a headache or whatever. You know, things didn't go my way for the day of business. Lost right. a big deal. Feeling crummy. I go serve these homeless kids that are sleeping under the bridge yeah. in a tarp. Right. And they got a, a sleeping bag that they've been using for three years. And they're from California and they're freezing their butts off because they're in Oregon. Or and whatever. whatever you went through, however hard day your it was, matter. it's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing about serving someone is you get focused on them and not yourself. Yeah. Right. So you're not, you're not as thinking as much about how crappy you feel that day. Yeah. You're thinking about, man, this guy must feel really crappy. How can I help? Right. Wow. So serving someone less fortunate is, I believe, one of the keys. And that's one of the things you don't need to necessarily do every day. But that's a thing that I would encourage people to do at least weekly. That's incredible, man. I, I got so many takeaways on this, this uh, podcast. I've heard that before, but you actually went way deeper on mm -hmm. how each one of the James acronyms uh, affects the, the word dose, mm -hmm. uh, which is awesome. So, uh, Jason, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how would they connect with you? You shoot me an email. My email is uh, jason at rise, R-I-S-E, realty.org. So that's jason at rise, realty.org. Awesome. Yep. Well, this has been an incredible time, man. I've loved it. I'd say some takeaways for me. I think the, the main takeaway for me is the, the acronym of James. I mean, James kind of covered everything of, of your life all in one acronym. Mm -hmm. So I think learning how to journal, I do journal. Uh, I haven't journaled as well as I could could be. I got halfway through the year this year and I just fell off. Mm -hmm. So I think I could start there. And I think the fact if you do anchor journaling as your number one, mm -hmm. then the rest of them flow. It's exactly. kind of like James Clear in the book, um, yes. Atomic Habits. He talks about habit stacking. Mm -hmm. You start with one and yep. you begin to do the next one. Yep. 
and you create this ripple effect. It's just amazing. That's so. exactly right. Let's uh, let's end this podcast here. I want to thank uh, the Rec for hosting this uh, podcast. We love doing it here. Uh, the Rec is a great place to come bowling. So bring your family out, and uh, we look forward to the next guest that we have coming. I'll leave it as a surprise, and I can't wait for the next one. Thanks, folks. Have a great day. Thanks, guys.